Hello and welcome to Twisted Ladder, the podcast that talks about the incredible world of genomics. In these episodes, I interview leaders of genomic companies and scientists on their experiences with genomics. Today I'll be interviewing Tanya Lev. Tanya is a graduate student at UC Irvine and studies cancer genomes to better understand how cancer spreads to other organs in the body. Before that, she worked at a hospital laboratory in New York, where she helped cancer patients get the right medicines based on which DNA mutations she found in their tumor. I am grateful that Tanya took the time to interview with me. This interview was recorded via Zoom. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. No problem at all. Happy to help. Yeah, thank you. So my name is Nikhil. Yeah, nice to meet you. My name is uh, Tatiana Love. I also go by Tanya. So do you want to start doing our questions? Sure. Okay. Can you describe your background in genomics? Sure. So genomics is a really broad field. Uh, I specialize more in cancer genomics. Um, so we study DNA of tumors. Um, oh. For my educational background, I have a master's in molecular diagnostics, after which I worked in a clinical lab. And now I'm working on a PhD. Um, it will be in mathematical computational systems biology. And uh, I'm studying um, breast cancer metastasis using genomics as a tool to study it. Whoa, that's really fascinating. Thank so what got, what got you into genomics? So I was interested in cancer um, because one of my teachers had it mm-hmm. and uh, that really affected me, you know, uh, personally. And so I became interested in cancer and genomics is actually um, used there a lot because cancer is a disease of the genome, basically. Um, and so because genome, genomics is used um, for research in cancer, I kind of just uh, got pulled in that direction. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. How does the study of genomics help in the cancer research? So like I mentioned, uh, cancer is a genomic disease. And um, I'm studying how uh, breast cancer metastasis spreads to other organs um, using genomics. So we're interested in how um, mutations in DNA and the cancer, um, if that's involved in the cancer spreading. And once... I, you know, do my project more and um, have, you know, more results, then those results would help other scientists know uh, where to focus their efforts um, for, like, treating cancer, preventing metastasis, and uh, helping patients that have cancer. Um, so right now I'm just uh, a couple of years into my project, so I haven't, like, accomplished much yet, but um, that's where my results would in the end, hopefully, um, have that impact. Cool. How do you identify different cancer mutations? So we uh, would take a tumor. So it's like this like big clump of cells that starts forming where it's not supposed to. So mm-hmm. uh, we'd take it out with uh, surgery, and then we would extract DNA from it and uh, prepare it for sequencing and then put it, you know, uh, send it to a facility that does DNA sequencing. 
they would sequence it and they'd send us uh, these big files with uh, the entire tumor sequenced. And we would compare that to um, that the person who, you know, um, in who that tumor formed, would compare it to something in their body that is not a tumor. Usually it's like blood, which, you know, it's like a, or it can be any tissue, just as long as it's from the same person and it's not of the tumor. So we compare the DNA of the tumor to the non-tumor DNA and look for differences. And also compare it to uh, all the other uh, um, DNA that's in databases that's uh, like either known to, uh, to be, you know, um, like a, I guess I say mutations, but um, it can be any variant in the DNA that's, um, you know, we know is either uh, not a problem in cancer or it is associated with cancer. So we do a bunch of comparisons to different databases. And um, then when we have like our list of things that um, are new in the cancer and not in the person's, you know, regular tissues, then we think about like, what is this, what's the possible impact of this? Is this uh, in a gene that's very important? Is this maybe in the part of the gene that, um, you know, makes the end protein, it's in the part that's like very functional. So if the mutation is there, then we know, well, okay, this is probably what's causing this cancer. <coughs> <Excuse me. clears throat> so it, it's a pretty long workflow. Um, and at the end, um, we kind of make decisions based on uh, having done several comparisons to other uh, sequences. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what kind of tools do you use in your lab? So right now I'm uh, in a research lab. So we have um, mouse models. So we use um, mice to study cancer. We have a bunch of um, chemicals, buffers, instruments for um, processing tissues. Um, some are manual, so you, like iPads with your hand, where we have um, automated like robotic um, devices that do some of the work for us. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, we also use a computer cluster for data analysis. So those are the main tools that we use. Ooh, cool. <clears throat> what are some of the most fascinating discoveries you've made? So since I'm kind of early on my journey, I haven't like made major discoveries. Um, but I can tell you something that I've learned that I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So in the cancer that I study, um, it's caused by mutations in uh, usually in two genes. One gene is called BRCA1 <coughs> and the other one is called P53. Mm. And what I think is really, really interesting is that like, for some reason, um, these genes um, get mutated in uh, people from like, you know, across the world different parts of the country and just somehow these very important genes happen to get mutated. Whereas you think about other um, mutations that would happen that are like, let's say for blue eyes, right? People that have blue eyes that have uh, a different, um, I don't say mutation because the mutation kind of means bad, but you know, like yeah. not bad mutation for blue eyes. It doesn't happen so often, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone has blue eyes that they, I think they descended from one person who got that mutation. So I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting that like um, some genes, like the BRCA1 and P53 that I study, that um, they happen to get mutated so often in different people 
it's not a mutation that passes down necessarily, although BRCA1 sometimes is, but like, you know, these happen spontaneously in different people and it just like has these horrible consequences where they get cancer, but it happens randomly. Oh. So, um, and then each tumor that forms in, in those patients, they're all different from each other. They're all unique, which I think is like really, really fascinating that um, we have this one disease, we call it cancer, but when you zoom in, they're all so unique. Each one is so different. So I think that 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 that's blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. How, how do gene mutations like pass down? Uh, so there are some uh, mutations that uh, you can inherit that make it more likely for someone to develop cancer in life. So BRCA1 is one of those mutations. It's a gene that uh, just passes down, like you know, um, normally like uh, from, from parents. And then um, later in life, women with that mutation uh, get cancer. Oh. Um, but in a different level of, I guess, um, passing down, let's say the way cancer forms is like, usually it's from one cell that's the, the genome goes um, uh, through these processes that like uh, basically accumulate a lot of mutations, right? And the, from one cell, it divides. And then the, those two cells have those problems with the genome. Then those cells divide and now you have four cells. And um, it just passes on that way like in a tissue. Oh. Sorry, I don't know why I have this cough all of a sudden. <coughs> okay. <laughs> What are some of the ethical concerns in this research? So, um, I think for you know whoever's doing research with uh, like human samples, one of the ethical concerns is like um, you get to see that person's DNA, like all of it, mm-hmm. right? And um, they. Some people don't mind it. They think you know it's for research. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, others probably um, not so much. They you know feel very protective over their DNA because it's like yeah. it's my blueprint. You know you have you know your own. I have mine. So it's just like very understandably. But you know that, that's something that we think about. And another one I think um, is with the results that we get, right? And let's say that um, we, f- we discover something and then somebody makes a, um, a medicine for cancer based on our research. Like, will everybody have access to it or will it be so expensive that only very rich people can afford it? Oh, yeah. So, um, that's something I think about too, that, uh, you know, a, a lot of things that are discovered first, they are still considered kind of experimental because they're so new. And um, insurance companies don't really cover things that are experimental. They cover things that are like very proven, you know, FDA approved, things like that. And so I think um, for me, at least, you know, the, uh, who can have, um, who can benefit from our research, like, you know, as soon as possible. That, that's another thing I think about. Yeah. So um, how, how is this science relevant to an ordinary citizen? 
So I think the most direct way that um, it's relevant for them is that I think everybody knows somebody with cancer and um, because genomic science is used so much in personalized medicine and cancer, it's uh, relevant to everybody because I feel that they know somebody that could potentially benefit from it. And then we step away from the medical field. Genome science is also used in law enforcement. People that like to study like their um, ancestry use genomics in that. So um, I think there's a lot of ways that this is relevant to a lot of people. As long as they have a little bit of interest in it, I think so many applications. Yeah. Well, what would you like young people who are interested in this science to know? Uh, I would say to um, definitely go after it if they're interested in it. And just to realize that it's very interdisciplinary. So usually um, you will study genomics in a biology class, right? Mm -hmm. But um, when you go out there and work in this field or you're studying it like later on after school, it's very interdisciplinary. So you have to know computer science, you have to know statistics, not just biology. So I would say to um, make sure that you also uh, you know, study those topics too, in addition to genomics and biology. Yeah. I think it's just so fascinating that genomes can be used for so many things. For, definitely. That's part of why I love it is that it's so versatile. Like you're never bored. Like if you're yeah. tired of cancer research, you can go study um, microbiome, the germs in like um, the gut system or like in, um, in the soil or you can do like um, forensics, uh, CSI, law enforcement type things. It is, it's it's amazing. You can do anything. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. So thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. How it's been I, a real uh, pleasure. Same, likewise. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.